Welcome to Calvary Conversations. My name is Mariah, and I'm here with Pastor Craig Roders. Hey. If you haven't watched our part one with MB or Mariah Barton, you can go back and watch that. Now here is our part two with my friend and sister in Christ, Mariah Barton. The next part of your testimony right. is that you were searching for the truth, and you almost right. got into Mormonism because mm. it looks so... Yeah. inviting yeah. and so friendly and so you can yeah. talk about that and then also then 2016 when you fully came out Absolutely. of the closet what people yeah call it. so 2015 um obviously I was still living really bad in sin was struggling with all that stuff um but that got me thinking right that night got me thinking and so I had a lot of like awesome friends there's so many Mormons in Brentwood I don't know what it is about mm-hmm. Brentwood but they're usually good looking and rich yeah. so I guess yeah. that's isn't that amazing? That is true. That's their big hook because they do the dances to get you come in. Ooh, get a good guy, get a good girl. I mean, I almost, like I said, I almost became a Mormon because this girl, I was like, wow, they sure make some pretty Mormon girls. But then it's uh-huh. like, and I remember going, her dad was cheating on her blatantly. He was an elder in the church. I go, why? And then she yeah. said, oh, well, you know, the reason why my mom tolerates it, because if, if, if my dad doesn't call her into his celestial kingdom, she'll just float in obscurity. And I'm like, you believe right. that? And I'm like, let's right. get married. I mean, I didn't, I mean, I was right. such a scammer and I was thinking that I go, right. praise God. I did it. Get it more of this. Cause I knew it was wrong. Amen. I knew Amen. I had enough sense. Yeah. Like you said, conviction to go, okay, that's not right. There's something wrong with that religion. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I got, I just got like, and even before this interview, I have never spoken out against Mormonism or Catholicism because I have friends that are both. And I, you know, people are like, Family and stuff. There's like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, or especially Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my best friends is Catholic, so if she watches this. We're gonna have some conversations, <laughs> I guess. But, um, hey, I was Catholic. Uh, you can tell I was Catholic, so she could just yeah, tell me. Yeah, my, yeah, no, my cousin's a high yeah. priest in the. He's a not a high priest. That's on Satanist. He's a bishop <laughs> in the Catholic Church. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So it's 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 real. So I started just um I just had friends that were different things, and so I was like searching. You know, I was I didn't have really Methodist Church was still you know, not doing me any good. Um, and I was craving more in my heart, wanting more in my soul, wanting more. I just didn't know what it was. And so I started, um, two of my friends approached me that were Mormon and, and one of them, their dad's elder at the church in Brentwood. And so that's like the main dude. And, um, they were, you they were awesome. They were God dude. Friends. He's not just a dude. He's a God dude. God dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just kidding. That's what he um, but yeah. And so I just remember they, they met, they said, Hey, Riley, come on over for a meeting, like I, we'll have some elders come over, um, all this stuff and we'll just talk. And I just remember sitting there and, um, they, it was weird. It was like a Jehovah's witness at my door. It was like, they tried to make me feel like I knew nothing about Jesus. And they were like, Hey, would you mind just like praying? Like it, like almost trying to like make me feel like I couldn't, or it was all the, this weird stuff. But, but part of me just craved something like they were so nice to me and they were so welcoming. And I was just like, Okay, cool. So I ha- there's that conviction again, but I'm choosing the world. And so um, I meet, I start to meet with one of my friends and we go on from there and we start reading the little tablet books and she gave me the Book of Mormon and I read a good amount of it and all this stuff was happening. Did you have the burning in your bosom? <laughs> <laughs> you know that? The burning? Bur- yeah, you pray yeah, the prayers? Yeah. Get, ah. yeah. Yeah. The burning, man. Yeah. The burning. Yeah. But, um, and then I went over, and this is what really pulled me into it, is one of my friends who's Mormon, she's telling me she had this whole kids kids block set thing of um, what they believe after you die, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
she starts laying it out for me and here I am living in sin. And I'm like, this sounds amazing. Like you have like, you know, I forget what it's called spiritual bad place. And then like maybe hell or spiritual bad place. And then you can kind of work your way up and there's spiritual paradise. And then there's heaven and all this stuff. Um, so you work your way up and you can work your way up and you can baptize people after they're dead and do all this weird funky stuff. And I just remember being like, dang, so I can still live in sin and die and work my way up. Yeah. I was like, this is or awesome. just get some like, more friends to baptize you when you're dead. Yeah. Right. I'm just like, hey, I'm just going to make some some cool ties on earth and be like, yo, yo, if I die anytime soon, just climb me up the ladder, will you? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Like just all this stuff. And I was like loving it. And then, um, and then I just, you know, also was living in that um, gay thing too. I was still really uh, struggling with that. And, um, I think it was more obvious, but I still haven't told anybody, but I do remember Mormons being like, well, yeah, we don't believe in that. And then all these, you know, attractive Mormon elders and people like I just wasn't attracted to. So I was like, eh, maybe this isn't for me, but I got real close. I went a long ways with Mormonism and, and got real close. And then I was like, eh, maybe how, not. How long me. was that run? About seven, eight months okay. probably. So it was, it was a while. I was de- definitely invested in it mm-hmm. for almost a year. But, um, and then in 2016, I'll get into that. That's the big year, I guess. But so that was my graduating year and I had played lacrosse for 13 years, um, up to that point. So that was my sport. And, you know, I don't, I, I always hate talking about myself in sports, but I looked a lot different than this. I was like half the size I was now. I was a good I saw athlete, pictures. You, you were know? shredded. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Man. It's funny. Like me too. I was skinny. Like my I've met Morgan. Right. But it's like it's up. like I'm tired of being disciplined. I want to eat. <laughs> it's like or or you're used to being so energetic. You know, doing so much that you kind of when you stop, you're like, wow, I I'm not burning the calories like I used to, but I still want to eat like I used to. Right? Crazy. Yeah. crazy. Yeah. And so that's what where I was. And so I I played on a travel team since I moved to Nashville. Um, love my coach. She's like one of my favorite people to this day. Um, she's a, she's a strong Christian. She's really like helped lead me and encourage me. But, um, she, she got me a hookup for college lacrosse and, uh, a college in, um, Alabama wanted me and they were like D one double A or D two. I can't remember. They were, they weren't high top, but they were like, cool. Like, you know, whatever. Um, it's an opportunity to play in college. I had partial scholarship and stuff. And so I signed in front of my school and I committed to them verbally. And then I signed and I was like, dude, I'm going to go do my dream. I'm going to go play lacrosse. And so I went to, it's called Montevallo, University of Montevallo in, in Alabama. And I went to go meet my team. And I just remember um, being like, wow, like I have friends, like they accept me. Like I was kind of showing my gayness then. I was like really like flaunting it um, because they're, they're super liberal. That school is so like liberal arts. And they accept all that stuff. And half the people on the team, I think, were gay. So it was, like, dope. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to get married here. I'm going to find a girl. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to be this, the, the king – or not the king, the, you know, the top of the team. And I had a promised starting spot. And I had all this stuff. And just all this, like, rooming, rooming with my friends, rooming with people I knew. I already had a nickname on the team. It was Moose. Like, I, I just felt welcome. And so, um, you know, I go there, and I'm like, this is great. And then that next week, I was like, all right, that hyped me up. And so I'm like, it's time. Like, it's time. I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out to my parents. I'm going to come out to the whole world. Like, I'm tired of living this secret. I'm coming out. And so I go home, and I had just – it was Pride. It was July, so it was – or June, July, late June, July. 
pride week, pride month, whatever. And so my friends are like, Hey dude, like, let's go. Like I, I hooked you up with a ticket to this concert, you know, this, this lesbian rapper I used to listen to all the time. She's like just ridiculous now. But, um, I went to their concert pride week, all these gay people, you know, just all this stuff. And I was like, this is so awesome, you know, and like drinking and smoking and all this stuff. And, but I just remember having after that concert, there was a couple of girls that like had come up to me and, made moves and stuff like that and I was like oh man I'm getting attention but then you know a big old man up there in the sky came came down and and convicted <laughs> me like ruined you know the party. <laughs> I, right ruined the party I had kissed a couple guys that's as far as I had ever gone like making out was as far and uh I didn't like them really I just was trying to Did hide it. my sexuality but um I always had this thing in me that was like, wait for marriage. Like I always had that value mm. since I was little. Um, even when I thought it meant same sex relationship, I was still going to wait. And so, um, thank God for that. It saved me from ever getting involved with a girl. And that would happen that night. I had so much temptation thrown in my face, but God was holding on to me and mm. was like, no, like, and, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even conviction of, or that I thought it as like unnatural. It was just, you wouldn't do this with a boy, so don't do it with a girl. Wow. So, and I was super insecure. So, thank God for insecurity in that moment because mm. you know it saved saved me from doing something I regretted, and and I would have definitely had some ties if I would have you know entered into that relationship with a girl. Yeah. And so, and isn't anyways, it, isn't it wild I, how even though we'd say the Methodist church you were at wasn't really strong spiritually, but yet right. just hearing the truth of little bit of the word was yep. enough to kind of help the you Lord. go, wait a sec, sex is for marriage. And it's crazy. Right. And now you see why they want churches right. are getting away from the word, why why so yeah. many people in the lifestyle hate the word and hate Christian because yeah. they say it's oppressing. See you were oppressed. You were you were right. put down. You were you were conditioned that this is not natural and wrong. And so that's why you had right. this you you didn't experience like you said, your true self, which really Absolutely. is just walking in the flesh. Flesh, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And so I went home that night from the concert and I remember telling my friend, my buddy, I was like, dude, tonight's the night. Like I'm coming out, I'm coming out, you know, I'm doing it. Like I didn't plan it. I was like, I'm so hyped up. The rapper talked to me and was like, dude, I love your style. I was dressed so gay. And that's probably like offensive to the gay community to dress gay or whatever. But I was dressed stereotypically gay and I was rocking it. And and then I got approval from the person that was doing the concert and I was like dang this mm. is who I am like mm. people like me they're attracted to me like Satan threw everything in my face that night so I went home and I go upstairs I text my parents on the way home and I'm like hey stay up like I'm they're probably already up but and they're like okay I walk right up to and I had pictured this scenario for years in mm. my head like I'd be like you know patient with it and uh-uh. uh also probably was like intoxicated a little bit but walked up into my room or into the family room I, I sat down and I just said, I'm gay. Like, I just blurted it. Mm. I was like, I'm not going to wait. And they sat there, and that became, like, the worst night of my life. And obviously that's not easy for anyone to hear, especially from their kid. But, like, it was bad. There was, like, a lot of verbal crap thrown at me. My mom didn't speak for what seemed like five million minutes. Like, it was just dead silent. But mm. I will say my dad did say, he did look up and say, like after five five minutes or, or two minutes, he was like, I do love you. And that's, you know, not going to change. But that was it. And then all this crap, my brother compared it to 
um, you know, joining ISIS. It was like I was the disgrace of, yeah, I laugh about that now. I'm like, what the heck? But, um, yeah, same thing. But, um, anyways. Say no, ISIS would kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it was like you're a disgrace to this family. You're, you know, all this stuff. And I just remember, like, bawling and just just I, I sat there numb for about an hour I couldn't even move I couldn't talk like I just I will never forget that feeling I just sat there numb the stuff that was said to me should ne- no kid should ever hear it no matter what they do and so it was just horrible so would you and, say was um, it more shame of just that you're making the fam the religious family look bad or was it the, 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 would they say it was godly conviction I mean where they were saying this no. is so wrong it was just the shame of oh you're making us look weird that we have a gay daughter I think it was the shame yeah. My, I thought about it a lot. I'm not sure. A lot of it is, is pretty distanced me because I was very numb. I, I just remember the stuff that was said and I kind of blocked it out for a while. I've tried to unpack it lately. Um, cause I did block it out, but my parents are very, whether they think this or not, like, you know, they're very image driven and like, that's not always a horrible thing, but it can become yeah. a really bad thing. And so Especially, like, well, oh, like a hypocrite oh. means actor. I mean, if it's more right. of an act of, of like a form of godliness, but denying the power that could change right. you. So that's the key is like, if you're just doing it to right. look like a Mormon, look nice, look good, uh, do good works, right. or do right. you really love God, right? What do right. you say to the Pharisees? And, if you knew me, if you knew my father, yeah. you'd know me, but you don't know me. So guess what? Your father's the devil. So, I mean, you can yeah. look good and still not be on the right team. Yeah. And it came to the point where now I realize, um, I don't believe it was godly conviction from them. I think it was image. And I think it was the fact that that was embarrassing for them. And so that's what happened. And then I'll fast forward like a week later, I had planned to go meet my, one of my friends in Mississippi. We met at a Christian camp. She was at the time, like the most solid Christian to this day. She's the same. She's amazing. She's solid Christian in her faith walks with the Lord. It was the first person really I had ever seen because I was in Methodist. People weren't really like that who just loved the Mm -hmm. Lord and lived it. And so we had been planning, you know, for a couple months. So way before this happened to go meet each other. So I was still not going to cancel that. And my parents, like, I think they hate me and all this stuff. And so I go to Mississippi and we have this whole week planned out. She has this whole week. It's going to be fun. They're by Ole Miss, whatever, going to do all this stuff. So we go to a water park the first day. And we have fun, hang out all day. And we get back. And, like, within the hour of getting back, she gets so sick. I think she was, like, throwing up. Her fever was, like, 104 or something. Like, it was so high out of nowhere. And we're, like, what the heck? So we go to the hospital. She has to get, like, two or three spinal taps. Like, they could not figure out what was going on. And so, you know, long story short, that week turned into no plans. Me sitting in her room while she slept like dying over here, you know, pretty much. And I was so bored. Like I was, I was selfish then. And I was like, this is so stupid. Why am I here? Blah, 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 blah. And so fast forward the whole week, it's just sitting there doing nothing. And she's feels like this the whole week. And, uh, the, the night before I left, um, her boyfriend at the time, super strong Christian guy, like, uh, came over and, you know, went and sat by her, um, and started reading the Bible genuinely to her. And cause she was just like dying. Like she was in immense pain and like just, it was horrible to watch, but, um, starts praying with her and starts reading the Bible and just, you know, speaking life over her. And I'm sitting there like, well, these people are weird. Like what is going on? Like, you know, and then I'm sitting there bored, you know, this is going on. And this was really the first time I heard the Lord's voice. And I just heard him say, you know, get up and 
she she's like I called her a Bible freak like she had all these devotionals all these Bibles in her room and I just felt something I was so bored say get up and go grab uh the a Bible and I was like whatever and again I'm not I'm not processing that this is God I'm just mm-hmm. bored so I think it's my conscious and um I get up and I go and I I I just boom like open the book and my thumb lands on Romans eight twenty eight uh-huh. and you know I haven't read my Bible in years I haven't prayed in probably months or years, I don't really know, maybe a year. And it lands on 828 and I read it and it's like, you know, for all things work together for the good of those who, you know, love the Lord, blah, blah, blah. Cool, whatever. So I just closed it, put it back. And then I sat back down on the bed. And then right when I sat down, the same voice came up and it was like, go grab that devotional. And it was specific. It was like, she has a million. It was like this one. And I was like, okay, whatever, I'm bored. So I go get, um, it's, it's July 7th, I think. And I open it. And it has no affiliation with that Bible company. And the verse of the day is Romans eight twenty eight. Wow. And I'm like, what the heck? This is this weird. Is like, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. It's just a coincidence. Yeah. So I go back and then I'm scrolling on my phone. For some reason, I go to the Bible app. I don't know why. I never opened that app. And no affiliation with the Bible or the devotional. And the verse of the day is Romans eight twenty eight. And I just remember being like, okay, this is weird. Yeah, I think like, and then, God and then, might be saying so. I think God might be saying something yeah. and then, and then fast forward or rewind, like, you know, five minutes earlier when, when my friends were praying over each other and, and all that stuff, I remember looking at them and something in me, you know, again, I had just come out to my parents a week ago and was, you know, feeling all this stuff. Um, and, and she had no clue that I had come out. She had no clue what I was struggling with because we didn't see each other ever. So, um, anyways, I looked at them and I, and I felt the Lord be like, that is what you want. Like, that's what you desire. Not what, not even like he desires it for me, but I felt it for the first time. I was like, I want that. Like not, not a girl praying over a girl, a man praying over me. Like I want that. And I had never felt that in my life. And so I remember that night after all that Romans 8, 28 stuff, I was like, God's trying to get to me. And I remember praying, you know, Alan or uh, my friend's far, uh, uh, way asleep. Honestly, her name's Alan. She doesn't care if it is, but, um, and I just remember laying there praying and I was like, God, I don't even, it was, I think I cussed in the prayer, honestly, in my mm. head. Like I was so mad at him. I, I hated him because my life seemed like it was in a wreck. Mm. And, um, I just remember being like, you know, I don't recommend bargaining with God, mm. but I definitely bargained with God that night. And I said, I'm so tired of this. I thought coming out would make me feel better. It mm. didn't. It did the opposite. I feel like everyone hates me. My family hates me you know, I hate myself, all this stuff. Like I'm so lost. And, um, I said, if I wake up tomorrow and I don't feel this way ever again, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And if I feel this way, when I wake up, I'm done. Like I'm I'm never, I'm not. And feel this way, meaning being attracted to women, women. right? Right. Right. Being attracted to women. And so, so basically um, if you're God, then change my heart. If you're God, then show me yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And it's amazing how so, God's such a big God that you can cuss at him. You can yell at him oh, and yeah. he's, and you know, I'm not, I don't I'll recommend cuss. it. Right. We don't recommend, but when you when yeah. it, don't do it to be cool, but if you really feel it, because God already anger. sees that, right. He, he knows our, yeah. our request for you and ask right. him. So he knows that and we need to know that right. it's better to wrestle with God and tell him what you really feel Absolutely. than to live a lie of, Oh, Hey buddy. When you really know you're kind right. of deep down angry with them, you know? Right. So, Right. And I had no reason to fake it. I was so angry. And so that's why I was cussing under my breath and doing this because I was so mad. And I just remember being like, you know, 
okay, whatever. And then I remember right before I went to bed, I just remember the Lord being like, if you, or no, no, this was, this was the next day. I'm sorry. So I woke up to like a loud clap in the word Lee, like, that's it. I was like, what? And, and I don't know what that means. Like, you know, no one should know what that means. And I woke up and my first thought was, I need to go to Lee university. Yet I'm supposed to move in in like a couple weeks to Montevallo. I have a scholarship and I'm playing lacrosse and I've signed with the NCAA. But I'm like, I need to go to Lee. So that was weird. And I'll get to that later. But that was what I woke up to. And then that day to this day, I have never had a gay thought. I have never, um, you know, he took it away and he showed me who's king and it wasn't me. And um, he took it all away. And obviously I still struggle with porn and stuff, but I never felt one of those, those thoughts again. And I remember he did put porn and like masturbation on my mind and that, that morning and said, you know, the second you give this up, like I have your husband right around the corner. He said, husband, he didn't say wife. He didn't say anything like that. He (laughs) said, the second you give this up and you choose me, your husband is waiting. It wasn't, you're going to find your husband. It was like, I already have him and he's already, he's already there. And so I just thought that was so crazy. And so I, so fast forward. So I wake up, that's the day I'm supposed to leave. Right. So Alan has no clue what's going on. She's just out of it, you know, whatever. And I leave and I'm, I'm just super confused. I'm just like, what just happened? So I go, uh, her mom drives me halfway or her dad drives me halfway and we meet my mom. Right. And so my mom, Obviously, the last time I talked to her, I came out. Mm. So it was just not good. And I just remember the Lord placing on my heart and being like, you need to tell your mom what happened. And I was like, who the heck do you think I'm like, what? Like, no way. Like, I'm not close with her. I'm not whatever. Definitely not saying that. But I just felt led. So I that was the first time really that that week was the first time I started learning obedience to what, what it meant to like trust God. So I did. And I just remember she just got teary and, and emotional. And I told her everything I just told you. And she said, your dad and I have been praying that you would go to Lee. I had never mm. looked at Lee. I had never. And that's where I am now in their Christian college and opposite of what Montevallo was, you know. Mm. And, and, and so, you know, we said, you know, I think you need to make that call to that coach. And I was like, oh, gosh. And, you know, when you're dealing with the yeah. NCAA, that's a no. You don't just just bail out of a scholarship yeah. and signed and it's NCAA. And, yeah. and so I remember getting home and, uh, I made the call and that was one of the hardest calls I've ever made. And, and he wasn't a Christian as far as I know. Um, and I just said, Hey coach, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I can't come anymore. And he was like, excuse me. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't, I just can't, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and he's like, why? And he was angry. Like you could tell he was angry and I had no answer, but God. And I didn't even (laughs) really, that didn't help too, right? No, it didn't. Not at all. And I said, um, I just really feel like the Lord is calling me there. And so in the NCAA real quick, like if you don't know, like if you sign somewhere, they have the right, if you bail out because it's like a contract. Um, to rip away a year of, of your sport um, because you bailed on mm. them. And so he had the opportunity to do that. And I didn't really care because Lee didn't have a team, right? So I was giving mm. up 13 years of my identity pretty wow. much to go and, and follow the Lord. And luckily he didn't give it up. I don't, that was the Lord. Um, 
And so I changed my, my gears and I had to leave and I know like one person. Um, and I just, I just somehow got in. I, that was a miracle too. Cause my grades sucked. I was a horrible student <laughs> and, um, I got into Lee and then I, I walk on and onto the campus and there's a sign that says inaugural women's lacrosse team coming to Lee this year. Wow. And so there was a team, I didn't have to give up the sport. And so, um, anyways, that happens. And so I walk onto the team and I get on and, um, and I was kind of speed through this part cause I know we have a little bit left, but, um, I get onto the team and, and my, my identity is still really rooted in lacrosse and sports. That's always what I've been good at. And so I start to play and I go through the crap of preseason, you know, Mo, like mm-hmm. just like the five AMs and, and the two a days and the film and all that stuff. And I, I get through preseason pretty much all, all to October. And in freshman year, I was living very sinful still. I was, I knew the Lord, I was learning, but I was new and um, wasn't saved yet. And so I was still really just in my flesh. And I get, I get to playing in October of 2016. I, I ar- had already suffered four concussions <laughs> just from my 13, 12 years of playing mm-hmm. um, and didn't really do anything about them, um, which isn't smart. And we don't really wear helmets in lacrosse. We just have goggles. So it's really easy to get to get hit. And so where oh, they don't make you wear the big face mask thing. We're not like guys. Wow. Yeah, we have no protection, but That's we play crazy. just as hard. Yeah. And so we're we're playing and we're doing shuttle drills. So like, you know, Mo, like in, in warming up for mm-hmm. basketball, it was like warming up for basketball. That's how easy it was. And just the, uh, uh, a um, a shuttle throw got got went the wrong way. And it hit my right um, temple. And what's weird is I had a concussion band coming in that next day that was supposed to arrive to cover that. So it would have protected me. But um, that's kind of God's timing. But I'll talk about that in a second. But I got hit. And it didn't affect me because I've been hit in the head way too many times. And I was like, that didn't even really hurt. So I I continue to go play. And um, it's about a week later. I play the whole practice. A week later, I'm like laying in bed in my dorm. And I just am like, in immense pain. I wake up in immense pain and I'm like, Oh, what the heck? I thought I was having a stroke. Like I couldn't feel part of my body. Mm-hmm. Like it was like ner- like something was wrong in my nervous system. And so we rushed, a couple of my teammates and friends took me to mm-hmm. the nearest ER and they rushed me in for a CAT scan. And, um, the, the guy, the doctor comes back that night and he comes in the room and he says, we have good news and bad news. And I was like, okay, good news. And he's like, you have a concussion. And I was like, crap, what's the bad news? Like, if that's good news. Um, and he says, we found a, a, a lesion on your left parietal lobe and we found two hem- two hemorrhages on your brain. So ble- previous ble- bleeding in my brain. Um, wow. And I'm like, you know, he's like, this thing is microscopic, the lesion. I'm like, whatever. I don't even know what a lesion is. Cool. I just want to go back and play, get on the field. And so... Um, he's like, well, just keep, keep watch over it, but you're going to have to sit out. Like it's a concussion. You have to treat it like a concussion. Cause it is. Mm. So I said, okay, dope. Like I'll be back on the field by January. So fast forward, I'm, I'm, you know, going to practice doing all this stuff. My grades sucked. I had a 1.169 GPA. Mm. I didn't care. I was, it was horrible. Um, horrible student didn't care, but go to, uh, January of 2017, I go into, um, the nearest city and I go to this neurologist and I go and I took an Uber there. Like I was supposed to get cleared to play lacrosse again. And I walk in and he had looked at my scans and there had been some other stuff I think that he looked at. And I go in by myself 
expecting him to say, okay, you're ready to go back to the field. And he looks at me and he says, you're done with sports for the rest of your life. If you get hit again, you could suffer a seizure and you could potentially die. And I just remember looking at him and being like, Mm. and I started laughing. I was like, dude, you're ridiculous. Like I was in shock. I I thought I was getting cleared and it 180. And I was by myself and I was like, my, he had to call my mom to to process it. I, I wasn't processing what he said. Mm. And because I played sports since I could walk. And so now I can't ever play again. And he tells my mom, you know, even intramurals, like maybe you could play intramurals, but past that you're done. And um, I just remember Ubering back to my dorm because I Ubered there and I was alone. And I just remember sitting there so numb. I just lost my identity Mm. like I just Mm -hmm. lost who I was and which is why it's so important that you're rooted in Christ which is what you know the Lord and I lost myself and I went back into depression went back into all of this stuff because like to an idol we always need to say to someone is we always think of a statue right no an idol is anything you put equal to God or above God and right, yeah. your sport was kind of your idol, right? It was not just Absolutely. your identity, it was your life. And that's where God is amazing. He's such a loving God, but sometimes he has to, right? We've been crucified, he has to crucify right. those things that kind of keep us really from surrendering to him. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and yeah. I, to, this, to this day I say, you know, I'm so thankful that the Lord hit me on the head. Amen. And said that all the time right. because, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, fast forward, so that next year, it was a horrible freshman year, yeah. I, I went into a depression. I hated everything. Um, didn't know who I was. So that next, that next school year, I took a year off and I went back home. I did community college and I was just like probably the worst person to be in the presence of. I was just like such a mopey pity party. Mm-hmm. Um, that year I started to really like grow in the Lord and that was 2017. And then I went yeah. to this, um, revival church thing, um, which I wasn't familiar with either because I was Methodist, but Lee really opened my, their church of God and they really opened I don't agree with everything Church of God, but they opened my eyes to Pentecostal and to, spirit. you know, just getting the spirit. And I was, oh my gosh, this is what I always wanted. So I started like loving it and I started really seeking Christ through that. And then um, the year that I took off, um, I was growing a lot. I felt called to reflect and find myself. I lost myself. So I was like, dang, I need the Lord. Yeah. And so um, in November of 2017, I was saved Man. and I, I got saved at this thing and it was a simple, I was in a motel room at 2 a.m. in huh. like Hendersonville, Tennessee in the middle of nowhere. And I just remember crying out to God being like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just, I had this moment and um, my grandma was actually there. And um, I just remember having this moment of like, you know, they prayed with me and did all this stuff. And I was like, I just want you. Like I was like, I've tried everything. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. And I accepted the Lord. There in a motel room at 2 a.m. by myself, pretty much. And so then in 2018, I wanted to go back to Lee, and I didn't want to go anywhere else. And I told my dad, I went up, and I was like, Dad, I'm going back and playing lacrosse. And he's like, probably thinking, you're stupid, and Ryan, like, what? <laughs> yeah. And this guy's like, you can't be getting hit in the head. But he said, thank God. And he said, you know, you're an adult you can go back and play if the doctor lets you. And so he said, you're going to go get another MRI. And I said, fine. Cause I was like cocky and selfish and stuff. And, and I went March right in there, got another MRI. And thank God my dad said that saved my life because I went in and a week passed with the MRI and it takes a little bit. 
walk down on a Sunday morning. My parents are sitting down in the family room and they look at me and I'm like, either I'm in trouble or we're moving. That's what that means. <laughs> and um, they just had such serious faces on and my mom looked like she was going to cry. And they said, we need you to sit down. And I said, okay. And they said, we got the results, like the call, the results from your MRI and the lesion that they found back your freshman year of college, you know, has grown to about the size of a little like tangerine thing wow. um, in your left parietal lobe. And it's a tumor. And but they don't know what it is because it's rare looking like they haven't seen anything like this. So they need to get you in immediately. And so within like a week and a half, I think it was. They rushed me into Vanderbilt University, like hospital, which is like one of the top neurosurgeon things mm. um, to have that removed and have brain surgery. So that really went quick. And but in my um, little thing before or well, when they said that, I remember going up to my room and I set a timer. On, I don't recommend this. I set a timer on my phone for two minutes and I let myself cry. And then I got over myself mm. and then I, I just prayed and I was like, Lord, I thought I was going to die. Like my grandpa died of brain or of cancer and all of that stuff in the brain. And I was like, tumor does not, is not a good word in, in my family. Like it runs in, even though I'm not blood related, I know what a tumor is. I know what it does to people and it kills them. So I remember going up crying for two minutes. And then I remember praying to God and I was like, Lord, this is for you. Like I need you to get me right. I want to do this for your glory. Mm. And that was the first time I ever just surrendered. And I was like, I can't do it by myself. And so then I go in for my consultation and my surgeon is in the room who's talking to me about what he's going to do. And I find out he's the head um, neurosurgeon of the NFL and wow. he's the one who did my surgery. And he looked, I wear this cross, like I've worn it since I was saved and every day. And he looked at it and he said, are you a Christian? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I am like pretty new. And he said, me too. And, or not new, but he's like, me too. I'm a Christian. I used right. to be a youth, a youth minister. I'm like, dude, you're a neurosurgeon of the NFL. What are you doing being a youth <laughs> yeah. minister? And I just remember he said, you know, I'm praying for you. And, and that was so dope. Like he was the dude doing my surgery and That's God cool. was all over That's him. Cool. And so I went in and I was so confident in the Lord, not in myself, like not boasting myself for the first time in my life. And I was like, this is whatever happens, like, this is for the glory of the Lord. Mm. And like, I just remember they gave my, they gave me four options pretty much. Cause they have to, as doctors, I said, option one, it's either cancer sadly, and we get some of it out. And then some of it doesn't come out mm. Two, It's all cancer. And we get it all out three, you know, we just, it's nothing or four, you like die. Wow. And I was like, great. You know, one fourth of those options is good. You know? <laughs> so, um, so, but I remember having just this constant peace, just, and it was the Lord. It was not me. And, and my old self would have attention seeks during that. It would have, you know, boasted in, oh, I'm suffering, like be there for yeah. me, you know? Yeah. And I just remember the Lord humbled me and was like really pouring into me, like, you know, you need to get right with me, Mariah. And like, this is a testament. This is, I'm building your life and I'm building, you know, who you are and this isn't the end for you. Like I have plans. And so him saying that I wasn't saying that wasn't like promise. I wasn't going to die, but it was comfort in knowing that yeah. this is for a purpose. And so I really started to, uh, cling onto that. And I think anybody, um, who knows me now, uh, I've had a couple of people come up to me and say like, 
I don't know how you maintain that, like mm. how you how you were so calm the whole time. And I was like, man, it's the Lord. Like it wasn't me. Like it was so the Lord. I was freaking out probably in my flesh if I was living in that. And it was the Lord. And so I get through surgery and I joke that my wisdom teeth was easier than my brain surgery. Um, but it went so well. They got it all out. It wasn't cancerous. Praise and God. it was actually the 100th exactly case of what this was and I had forgot I was so out of it I see you all this stuff recovered real real quick like within like three weeks which is really fast um and then I went back for my like end consultation thing and I remember being like oh I forgot to ask him like I wanted to see what it looks like I've always been fascinated with the medical world and I was like hey did you by any chance like have a picture of it on the computer he pulls out his personal iphone and airdrops it to me because that's how rare this thing is and it's a ear I was which is funny because I have hearing loss in my right ear from my concussion, but I was growing another ear in my head. It was so crazy. And so it was just rare. And I was like, wow, that's so insane. And, and the Lord really just humbled me in that season of my life and realized, you know, I clung on to Job 121, that whole um, season of my life, which is, you know, naked, I came from my mother's womb and naked, I shall depart. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I was like, material things don't matter my identity in sports who cares about lacrosse who cares about Amen. any of this stuff like Amen. i want the lord like that's all i leave with yeah. i either leave with the lord or i leave without him and that's my choice and it's not his Amen. and he doesn't want to send me to hell and so i was like i want to go to heaven this this dude has done too much in my life for me to ignore him any longer and i made a promise to him in 2016 and i need to fulfill that because he's fulfilled so many in my life wow. and so Um, anyways, so that's kind of where that happened. And then I guess, um, 2018, that, that was 18 and then 19, um, pretty much that's a short year. I can summarize that in like a minute, but pretty much, um, I started seeking out Christian friends and we started this over the summer because of our Methodist church. Like there was not a lot of anything. And because Lee had opened me up to the store, I was like, I want more. I want people that are on fire for God. I want this, this deepness and friendship. I was tired of surface level stuff. Um, and so my friends and I created this, um, college ministry called pipeline and it was awesome. We met like twice a week and we would worship together. I'd play the guitar and, uh, my other friends would sing and we would have Bible study and just like bask in the presence of the Lord. And it was so cool. And people got to experience really awesome things um, because a lot of them went to that church I went to. And um, nothing bad about the church. It just is Methodist. It's just traditional. And so that was also the worst year I ever had with pornography. Mm. So that was pretty 2019. So I knew I almost felt like the the Lord was doing something. Satan started really attacking me. And so that leads us, I guess, to this year and then that's what i want to say because the importance of it is the last podcast we had even with the last guest was mariah sanders and she really right. helped you through it which is cool because she you guys met at lee university we met at lee. you kept yeah. texting her right and she kept mm-hmm. communicating with her and just sharing all these yeah. things with her which is crazy in a story in itself but then yeah. you were able to um was this actually during the coronavirus, all this stuff, because you were still struggling. You were a Christian, you were saved, yeah. but yes. yet you're still tempted with all these things with like right. Right, pornography. So you're delivered from the thoughts of homosexual thoughts. Yes. You still struggle mm-hmm. with yeah. pornography. I live very worldly still, but my conviction grew and my 
I started making better decisions, but I didn't want to give up, you know, the porn. Yeah. That was the biggest yeah. thing. I had really started to shift my behavior and people could tell. So it was, it was the Lord, but that was the one thing I didn't want to give up. And so right before and it seems like I too, could, Mariah, I don't know if you agree, but I've talked to a lot of guys that say pornography is sort of like, since you're going through, you know, struggle or stuff, but it's a comfort because it's mm -hmm. kind of self-gratifying yeah. pleasure. Oh, yeah. So it's sort of a, like, this is how I find yeah. comfort. And as a Christian, you got to learn to find in comfort the in the Lord. Spirit. Like it says yeah. in, you know, uh, Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine yeah. or don't be drunk with pornography, you could say, but be filled with yeah. the Holy Spirit. Like learn Holy to get Spirit. high yeah. on the Lord, learn how to put all your Amen. cares upon the Lord rather than find it in escape that Amen. really makes you feel bad afterwards, right? It feels good for a yeah. moment. Ple sin's pleasurable for a moment, it says in Hebrews. Absolutely. Then it brings shame and guilt. Absolutely. And I will say real quick on that, um, when the struggle with porn for 13 years, 12, 13 years, um, I, I told Mariah, I said, it's the one sin that every single time I was tempted with it, I almost audibly heard two voices every time. Mm. And it was God in Satan and God's voice was steady and constant mm -hmm. and not angry and just really constant all the time. Sometimes I was like, dude, speak louder. Yeah, like, you know, and voice. he would be like, he would be like, like, I love you. Like, and it's like, you don't need this. Like, you know, I'm enough. And it was just this, it was, it was never don't do it. It was just, it was speaking life <laughs> and his truth over me. And, and what my identity was, I don't need that. And Satan's over here. You like, gotta do it. <laughs> do it. Close the door. Lock the door. Yeah. No one's gonna see it. Tomorrow it'll be better. Be your You've true already self. done it for twelve. <laughs> be your true self. Yeah. You take pride in it and all this stuff. And and I all every time listen to Satan pretty much. And so I was gonna press it with that, but um, that was always a struggle. So I was very aware of my sin. I was very. I, there was a way out. You know, the Lord talks about in the Bible, like just there's always a way out. There's always a way out of temptation. And that's. Yep. Yep. And that's, it was so true. There was always a way out and I just didn't listen to it a lot. And so I remember in college, I had amazing roommates this last year. Um, very love the Lord. I was it's such, they were random too. Um, so it was such a blessing, but I remember one of my roommates, um, one night I, they knew I was, I'm a pretty open book. So they knew my struggles and I wanted to be held accountable and they were willing to Amen. do that. And I remember one of my roommates came back one night and I you know, I think was crying or something. It was like, you know, I, I looked again, blah, 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 blah. I just want to be done. And she looked at me and I was like, dang, like, this is boldness. She looked at me, she said, Mariah, do you really want to be done? Because I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know, and then it made me think. And I was like, because I had posted a X on my Instagram and of the, the end slave and sex slavery and that's what she came in and talked about because I was upset, too, that I'd struggled. And she said, you know, I saw you. That's what happened. She said, I saw you posted this on your Instagram. But, like, I know you're looking at porn. So, so. And I was like, oh. And she said, you know, do you really want to be done? And I looked at her and I said no. And I had told myself forever I wanted to. And then I realized when I was honest with myself, I liked it so much. I didn't want to be done with mm -hmm. it. Um, and so that really got me thinking. And then... Fast forward to this year, you know, I, I had been texting um, Raya or Mariah Raya Sanders because uh, we had got really close. That was such a God thing, too. We literally weren't even friends really our freshman year, maybe interacted three times. Maybe she talked about that. But um, it's just a, such a God thing. I texted her and she reached out to me. And that was when I really came to terms with I want to be done with this. Like, I need to be done, yeah. you know. And um, clock's a ticking, you know, I want to get married. And I remember the Lord saying your husband's there when you end that. And so 
I reached out to her and she said, hey, I know this dude named Kevin and he's just a pastor and he just wants to pray for you. And I was like, you know, she didn't say deliverance. She knew my background was Methodist. She was like, I, she's smart. She's a smart woman. Um, so is your daughter. But they just got that discernment. But um, anyways, she reached out to me and I said, okay, you know, I'm down for some prayer, whatever. And it turned into full on deliverance. And it was so crazy because I was willing to, for the first time in my life, really come to terms with, and that's part of deliverance, which you all know, is you have to almost be willing and ready to give something up because you just let those strongholds stay and you let all that stuff seep into you and open the door every time you are willingly living in sin. And so they walked me through all that. And the verse verse real quick for that is James 4, 7, which you had, right? Deliverance is easy. It's the submission, mm, right? right? The deliverance is easy. It's the right. renewing of the mind, not believing the lies. And the, but the first verse, right, you would agree, is James 4, 7. Mm-hmm. Submit, therefore, to God. Mm-hmm. So you have to say, okay, I, I like this, but I know it's wrong. And I know it's robbing me. So I'll submit this right. to you, right? Submit means come under the authority. So submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee yeah. from you. Draw mm-hmm. near to God. And he'll draw near to you. So it's a, you have to say, and then it also says in Proverbs, he who confesses and renounces his sin will find mercy. So you got to confess it, which a lot of people do. You'd say, oh, I look at porn, but then you got to renounce yeah. it. I'm done. I, even though it's like maybe a step of faith, like you're going, I don't know. I've been doing this a long time, but you go, no, yeah. I really got, I'm sick and tired really, of being sick yeah. and tired. Right? So you, you Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I did. And I think part of me was still like, you know, it's like that yeah. love pull. Yeah. Like I love porn. I loved how it made me feel for two seconds and I got real convicted, but every time, but I loved it in the moment. And so I just was remember sitting there in that closet as I was moving out of my apartment. Um, I talked in the closet for two hours, you know, how ironic, but, um, and I just remember that stuff started coming out and I was just like, what in the world is going on? And, um, I just felt light. Like I just felt, I was crying. I was just, this burden started literally lifting off of me. And prayer is powerful and deliverance is real. And I was a Christian. I was saved. I really like was, I wasn't fully living like it, but I, I, I was saved in 2017 and I had demons. Yeah. And so yeah. that's a thing. Yes. Yeah, and so, and that's a key to, that, to say is you were oppressed because yeah, a lot of people say, well, okay. you can't be possessed Not a Christian. Perfect. No, you're oppressed. Right. There's a monk on your back. You said that other voice saying, Hey, you know, like, we even show it right in the movies, a devil and the angel yeah. was well, really yeah. God and the devil. But it's like, you, you know, so yeah. we know that, but it's like you, so what spirits, if I may ask, so it was oppression yeah. through, we opened yeah. the door either through, you know, some of it, like you said, could have been through, who knows what your family bloodline was like. Maybe your yeah. dad, Absolutely. your birth dad was a pornography, you know, into pornography, or maybe Absolutely. he touched you as a baby, who knows, That's, but, but exactly. you know, so you, what, what spirits were you delivered from? Do you know specific yeah. spirits? Oh my goodness, a lot, like a lot. It took multiple sessions, but I think mm-hmm. that first session really focused on generational curses mm-hmm. and um, spirit of lust and porn and masturbation and depression and, you know, spirit of self-righteousness and spirit of um, literally so many things. I can't remember like it was such, but, um, Mariah and I literally, she continued to just really disciple me in that. And can you unpack um, the self-righteousness thing? Like, what do you, I mean, cause I know uh, what that means, but how did that manifest yeah. in you? I think, um, I didn't really know that was one of them, honestly, but I think I thought I was, I didn't, I wasn't like, I am God, but oh, I just person. believed that I was 
the best. And I believe that my intentions were always pure and that I was so blinded by myself that, and and I think honestly, the pride of the LGBTQ community Mm. really aroused, or is that the right word? Aroused that in me or not the right word. It built built it up in me a lot. And um, I didn't really know it. And I just thought, walked around, I'm better than you. Like, I'm right. Mm. You're wrong. And I am just all I'm enlightened. Stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And so it, I don't really know because it wasn't something I was really aware mm. of. Like, you know, I know, Mo, you talked about in your testimony. Like, um, but I just, I know stuff really came out. And, mm. and so, so many different yeah. spheres. I don't even know, like, just sphere of blah, blah, yeah. blah, and everything. Like, I did yoga. I did all this stuff. So, just, it was just game on. Mm. You know, they were going at it. And it took, like, literally 11 sessions for hours of, you know, getting it all out. And yeah. so. And accountability but, and discipleship, because you brought that up with Mariah. It's like, she didn't just leave yeah. you like, oh, we'll do a deliverance session. And then you even said yeah. I was freaked out right away. She had explained it to me then yeah. after that. And yeah. but yeah, you knew it was real because you even said it. You felt things coming out. You even I think Absolutely. you said you started like burping like it was just like. It, yeah, I was burping, yeah. yawn burping. You were like it yeah. was you saw you for probably the first time besides the time when you saw that Absolutely. demonic spirit. You were like, wow. There's a spiritual realm. This is real. And it was Yeah, if someone would have told me that things would come out of me, I'd have been like, You're on crack exactly. or LS something like, yep. dude, what are you talking about? And then to experience it, which is just God's grace yeah. and like just him being like, Look, I'm real. Even he doesn't even have to prove himself to me, but he just continued to. And um, you know, it was and I, I just got to witness so much. I've helped uh, just in deliverance with Mariah, she's like taught me a lot and she's learned a lot from, um, Kevin and just other people. And, you know, the Bible just, that's the tricky part because, you know, people get, have conversations and arguments over like, well, can Christians have whatever? And I'm like, I'm here to tell you like they can't. (laughs) If you've been been delivered, you know, like right. the blind man. All I know, I might not be able to explain it perfectly, but all I know Amen. is once I was blind, but now, I, and the way I describe it, did you feel this? Did you feel this, Mariah? Is that Amen. I felt it like if you ever did squats, as you know, as an athlete, and now you oh, feel yeah. like you're jumping through the ceiling after you do heavy squats. Yeah. And that's what yeah, I felt like. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so much a part of me, this oppression, that I thought this was normal. And now I feel like I could yeah. kind of float. I'm like, yeah, whoa, this delivered. is truly, yeah. I'm, I'm lighter now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it so. was weird. And for people that, you know, and then, Real quick, later on, like after that, you know, Mariah posted that LGBTQ thing yep. on Facebook and I posted my story for the first time, got so much hate and all this stuff. And just, I just remember people being like, that's not real or whatever. And then, and then even to today, we're two months porn free, masturbation free. Like I haven't looked at anything. I haven't, you know, really lived in sin willfully since, you yeah. know, my, since May 1st and, and then two months with porn and, and masturbation and, if that's not the Lord, the, you know, it talks about in the Bible, y'all, y'all probably know where it is, but where Satan can't, you know, divide his own. Why would he divide it? Why would yeah, he pass house. out his own? You know, yeah. why would he do that? Like I was looking at porn and I was masturbating seven to eight times a day, every wow. day for 13 years. Yeah. Well, more like five years. Cause in the yeah. end it got bad, but like, and now I haven't looked, I haven't had a desire to look my discernment mm. because of the Lord, not because of me. If I even sent, he's almost sent, like allowing me to sense if a scene's about to come up, I turn it off. 
And yeah. I pray about the shows, and people will call me like a prude for that, or a weird Christian, or <laughs> illegal. Shady. Yeah, or even <laughs> you were saying sister. like music you listen to, you've had to. I, I gave it up. Yeah, and the cool thing is that we were talking wait, about wait, wait, too. You guys are that... saying that like movies and music is sexual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very. But we were even talking about this too. I remember talking with you and Mariah. Is that well, all the Mariahs that we. <laughs> It's not like, oh, I will never go back to it. You know that you'll still get tempted, but it's only by God's grace and his strength. Grace Grace and strength of God. Because it's like, because we hear some people. Yeah, because we hear some people say. Because I'll never do this again. I'm done. I'm never. Now, you know, you got to, right? We speak words of life. But I always like to say this because every time I said, I'm Mariah, I'm never going to be struggle with lust. I'm never. And then. What is it? It's kind of a form of pride, right? But what I always like to say is by the grace and strength of God, I, by the grace, will never look at that again. And, you know, this one pastor said to me, tell your wife, commit to your wife (laughs) in a marriage coming that you'll never cheat on her. Give her that promise. I go, I can't give her that promise. And he goes, what? And I go, no, hear me. I will say by the grace and strength of God, I will never cheat on my wife. But it isn't me because I know in myself I'm weak. But through, what does it say? Galatians 5.16, walk by the spirit so you not fulfill the lust of the flesh, lust or desires of the flesh. And it's only through, as you said, being religious, being a Mormon is just a nice person. Just like a Buddhist can be a nice person. But it's only the fruit of the spirit, which is self-control. That's a fruit that only comes through the Holy Spirit of God. And you can't fake that. Yeah, it's the only thing that produces change. And for something I want so bad and wanted for 13 years of my life, and then the the sexuality thing for my whole life, it feels like, to now be so attracted to men and to, like, desire to be a mom and desire Mm. to have kids, excuse me, and to, like, like, and there's, like, you know, I still struggle with lust sometimes, but, like, it's not even that. And, like, he's taken my sexualizing everything away he's taken my you know all these fears I had away and it's just so crazy and like I don't even I I'm in shock to this day I'll always be in shock of God because I was never like you know you thought that was a way of life that's the way you're gonna be the rest of your life yeah it is so amazing how you admitted the the sexual over sexualizing is like before I was a Christian I like I said as a young like sixth grader pornography you know given to me by my 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 caregiver or parent or whatever you call mm-hmm. it. she was my aunt but it's like i it's really makes you scared as a dad when you realize how pornography is way worse now yeah. and you're thinking how do people look at my little my two girls you know mm-hmm. i get scared like i'm thinking right. how many guys because i know how i was and i'm mm-hmm. thinking like you said every you know you wonder why is rape so high and child molesting right. and incest because we're so overly sexualized it's not that yep. there wasn't lust two thousand years ago or three thousand but it's right. just so prevalent and like it says in the last days iniquity or sin will abound the the right. prevalence you know the availability of it right because you know what right. i mean like i said just in 10 15 20 years you know when i went to school at the u of a here mm-hmm. they called homosexual a disorder in yeah. the medical books it was yeah. a disorder yeah. now it's like what disorder are you kidding me that's sick no you're wrong yeah. you're not if you say that so i mean that's how much has changed in 34 years I've, right. I've since, and it's just crazy. And that was secular psychology. I wasn't Christian psychology. So, right. Uh, yeah, and, so. and, and, and then when, um, Ryan, and I posted about that thing on Facebook and, yeah. and I had never received so much hate. Oh, Chris, yeah. you were coming. I mean, right. You saw it like mm-hmm. just coming at us and telling me 
you know, your story is fake, like all this stuff. And I, I'm not going to lie and sit here and be like, yeah, I took it like a champ. I literally cried. I was yeah. like, oh my God. But through you that. You just say, where's, where's the tolerance? Yeah, where's, where's the, the right? love? Well, don't I have the right. Don't I have the right to be my true true self. This is my right? new true self. Why then, can't but, I be the new me? You know? Right, right. I'm and not, then God. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're not God condemning them to hell. You're not saying you're going to hell, you homos. You don't say that. You're just saying, I'm hey, that. I'm just not into this anymore. I mean, I'm right. praying for you. I believe you need Jesus, but right. I love you. I love you, even though you're a sinner. I just disagree. I love the sinner. I hate the sin. I just disagree with your lifestyle. But I've right. been there, done that, and I'm telling you, Amen. God can set me free. He can set you free, right? That's Amen. what we're supposed to do. Yes. There's no respect yes. to a person. If you want God, but those say, well, I don't need God. I'm I'm living my true self. Well, then why is there so much suicide, right? Trans, transgender. Right. People get the right. surgery. Their suicide goes through the oh, roof. Yeah. Why? Because they right. realize, oh, my goodness, I got what, what I dreamed do. about, I right? Like different. you said, that relationship you dreamed about, but then you realize yep. what happens. Praise God you didn't have it, but you realize yeah. it's right. empty. I have what I want, and I feel just as bad as I did before I, when I was thinking, oh, this is going to be my answer to life. But it makes me feel empty and more worse. Ravi Zacharias, have you heard of him? I he just him. died. But Ravi right. said it's not uh, disappoint. It's not the not getting what you want. It's when you get dream about something, you get it, and you realize it's not fulfilling. You realize right. that, is, that person's not the answer. That money's not the answer. That right. lacrosse being a star is not the answer. Right. You realize you're the same empty person without Jesus. It only comes from Christ. the Lord. Amen. And the, the thing is like when I got those comments, I started, I mean, I was like a little defeated, but I was so filled with the Lord since May 1st. It's my life has completely changed. I almost want to say I was saved May 1st, you know, mm. because it was my life. I'm living so differently. I'm not living in sin. Mm. Like I, I, all I do is talk about Jesus, probably annoy people, but I love it. And, um, cause I can't not talk about the person who saved my life. Like Amen. I cannot not talk about that. And, I want other people to experience that. And so when I got all that hate, I realized, you know, now persecution, we don't get persecuted like Christians in other countries. That's horrible. But we are getting persecuted. And like y'all's church has got persecuted. I know you you guys have faced some really hard things. And it's like, but, you know, in my my season verse right now is count me and Mariah are just talking about this. And that mm-hmm. and Mariah, James. like count it, count it all joy. Like count okay. everything. I just got a tattoo of it on my foot. Like count it all joy when you endure hardships and suffering. And like, it's just so cool. And I read this, uh, Jackie Hill Perry, I don't know if you've heard of her. Mm-hmm. She has a book called um, Gay Girl, Good God. And she has a really similar testimony in mind. She lived the lifestyle and is now married to a husband and has beautiful kids and speaks and all this stuff. And she has a quote that says, um, well, there's two, but I'll read them really quick. One says, unbelief doesn't see God as the ultimate good. So it can't see sin as the ultimate evil. It is instead It instead sees sin as a good thing and thus God's commands as a stumbling block to joy. And then mm. she said, the crucified life is the life set on an enduring, on enduring until the end when once and for all the cross is replaced with a crown. And I love you and your church because I know you talk about that a lot. And I love mm. that visual representation of like, let's build our, you know, jewels and our stuff here. Mm. And like, we might not see it here. Like all we might ever mm. get is hate. All we might ever get is persecution, but we're doing something right. Mm. If people you know, are so angry that we can, you know, continue in joy and that you can sit here and y'all can have this amazing platform to give to people and an amazing church and just all of this stuff and people hate you for it. And it's like, you know, count it all joy because like God is moving and he's working and he's so good. And all we do love them. They say, you hate us. You don't love us. Stop saying that. We love them because it's like, 
We know where that's all we want for them is to experience what all three of us were sinners. All three of us are always going to fall short, you know, and, but through the Lord's grace and, and all because of him, like we're, you know, we're good. And then I'm going to, I'll stop talking after this, but there's this (laughs) one really good quote. Um, I think I saved it. I really hope I saved it. Okay. Yes. It says, Okay, so Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I really yeah. like him. He was a, a pastor back in, I Lutheran think, during Nazi Germany and stuff. Yep. And um, he what? died for died for Christ, died because he yeah by the yeah killed him. Yeah, and he said, "I love this quote by him." He said, "If I sit next to a madman as he drives a car into a group of innocent bystanders, I can't, as a Christian, simply wait for the catastrophe, then comfort the wounded and bury the dead." I must try to wrestle the steering wheel out of the hands of the driver. And I think that's really what what our call when we, when we experience salvation, when we experience like living like Jesus is, is like that's why we speak out on things that other churches don't mm-hmm. speak out on is because like why would we sit and watch a huge community of this world, the LGBTQ community or the porn industry and the sex yeah. industry, why do we sit there and then comfort them when, you know, they find truth or when they're, they like at the bottom, it's like, no, speak to them now. Like, yeah. don't let them live. We're just as guilty if we see something and we don't do it. Amen. And it's like, we need to try like every, and I'm learning that I'm not a bold person, but you know, you Mo and then you pastor Craig and just your whole family and your church and then Mariah Sanders yeah. and her family has really just taught me like, be bold. Yeah. Like, cause their souls are worth it. Right. Amen. I mean, like it was, it was like that when that girl said to you, do you, are you really sick of pornography? Right. You know, it's like we had one Maya, Maya what was her name? Maya. Mia. Mia said she was committing adultery on her husband. And someone said, are you really, are you to the end of yourself? Are you mm-hmm. sick? And she said, it wasn't the people that flatter and loved mm-hmm. her in her sin. It was the people that loved her enough to say the hard things to say, you know what? We love you, but this isn't cool. God's not digging your right. lifestyle. And the Bible right. says adulterers, fornicators, swindlers, drunkards, right? We also drug addicts, right? Yep. Are not going to mm-hmm. enter the kingdom of God. Yet we say to people, "Oh no, God loves. Don't change a thing." And we have to say, "No, He loves yeah. you." But it used to be a thing in the hippie movement. I came. I used to be a hippie believer now. But it said, "God loves you just the way you are, but He loves you so much He's not going to leave you this way, right? He wants to mm-hmm. move you, right? Mm-hmm. And you, it was a process, but He was always moving you, and He's still moving you to get surrender more, right? There's always areas yeah. to surrender. There's always areas of the flesh to crucify until this. Till we meet the Lord, we're not going to be perfect, but we need to be, Absolutely. as Jesus said. Be perfect, your heavenly Father. And I love the Greek. I'm told means be becoming perfect. Every day I surrender more. Every day I yield. Every day I try to die through the power of the Spirit to self and walk by the Spirit instead right. of walking. Amen. In the flesh. Take up the cross and, and like the the thing like um I'll end on this, but like the the best thing is um I prayed for friendships like mm-hmm. this my whole life. And me and Mariah, I was like I haven't even met y'all yet. I mean, in a month, but. <laughs> Um, like I haven't even met you and, and me and Mariah have only really been connected since May 1st. And I consider y'all to like my best friends nice and guy. people are going to be on here and be like, that's crazy. Like what the heck? You don't even know them barely. But it's like when you have Christ in yeah, you, like Jesus says, yeah, who are my mothers and brothers? Like, you know, whatever. So who are my mothers and brothers? Who are my friends? Yep. Who are my 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 people and my family and that's something i'm learning now is like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting a lot of hate from my family i'm just gonna say like they hate that i'm doing this they hate that i'm being open about what the lord has done in my life they hate the change i almost feel like that the lord is yeah. doing in my life and 
and they claimed some stuff where they are really, they're not really believers anymore. And we've had that conversation. Mm. So I, I, I do pray for them a lot. And a lot of my family's really lost, yeah. but, um, but you're living, you're don't. living the Matthew 10, I think 35, 30, where Jesus says, mm. unless you hate your mother and father, brother and sister, you right. not, cannot be my disciple again, cross disciple, right. you know what I mean? And that's, what we have to say, it's not that you hate your mother and father, but your yeah. love for God is so great. That almost to your parents, which you, they probably agree, seems like hatred. Like you've, you've dissed us. You, you're, you're, you're telling Absolutely. on us, what are you doing? But it's because your love for Jesus is so radical. And that's the yeah. thing. That's where you can tell the difference between relation, religion and relationship because a relationship with Jesus, you don't mind exposing the sin. You don't mind exposing right. how bad, because what second right. Corinthians five seventeen anyone who's in Christ, a new creation, old things pass away. So even though you're talking about the old Maya, Mar- Mariah, it's old. It's not, mm-hmm. you're still that right. Mariah. It's, it's crucified. Now, that yeah. Mariah wants to resurrect at times, right? But yeah. you have to say, no, stay on the cross and walk by the Spirit. Yeah, but it isn't you. Yeah. So when I, people, someone said to me, man, Craig, you laughed when you told your testimony. I'm going, well, I've told it a lot of times. And I'm telling it in front <laughs> mm-hmm. of my kids. And they always joke that it gets better every time I tell it. But I said, mm-hmm. but I'm laughing, not because I'm laughing at sin. I'm laughing because right. that's not me anymore. It's like talking about George Washington. It's not me. Right, yes, right. I did it. But that's the old Craig. That's the crucified Craig. It's washed, yeah. and that's what people that that and y'all have probably got to say too. Oh, uh, Pastor Craig, the the druggie, the the dealer, all this stuff. Oh, Mariah, the self righteous person, whatever. All this stuff, like, um, it's not, it's not us, and it doesn't bother me when people say that because it's like I just grieve for their soul. Yeah. I'm like, you don't even know the Lord's yeah. goodness, like you don't even know His mercy, and like, you know, and it's just so crazy to think to me that like that that he is so he loves us so much he doesn't even see that it's just washed that's why he came and that's why people miss the gospel you know you hear it growing up and it's like the lord came and sent his only son and he died and resurrected and it's like just this script that we say and it's like no it's real Mm -hmm. like he literally which is why when people are like well you know we got arguments on our our post about the gay thing being like well in the old testament it says I see you eating this meat. And I'm like, do you even know what the Old Testament is compared to this? <laughs> yeah, like, clearly exactly. you don't know the gospel. Yeah. If you're using the Old Testament versus the New Testament and think it's the same thing, you need to reread Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Law because versus grace. You don't, yeah. you don't know what it is. And it's, they're both equally important, but they, they're not one in the same, really. They're, they're the same God, different time, different. Um, there's, you know, bloodshed in the New Testament. You know, there's, there's, grace and mercy there was in the old testament you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's well they it's say different. this to, just to help they say like in galatians i think it's three where it says the law or the old testament was to show us was a school was to be a schoolmaster to show us our failure to show us our need for a savior mm-hmm. and then christ mm-hmm. is the answer to the the law he fulfilled right. it so we fulfill the law by receiving christ because he paid the price for our sin we can in ourselves. Right. But now, as I said a couple Sundays ago, we're free to swing for the fences because we are not doing it to earn or deserve. We're doing it out of pure right. love, right? We right. obey out of love. Right. We don't obey, oh, I got to get God to like me today. No, we yeah. are grace, unmerited, undeserved favor. And now I obey in love yeah. out of love, out of Amen. gratitude. So. And I love that Amen. you agree with this too. It's just like, it's not just, oh, the gospel, like, Jesus came, died, and then rose again. We forget about the Holy Spirit. And I love that you were a Methodist, right. not even believing in the gifts, not believing nope, in deliverance, not believe you thought tongues was demonic, and now you speak yep. in tongues, which now is like, come on, that's that's definitely <laughs> yep. like shows God 
who God is. And so but what you understand is that we need to be being filled every day. Like you can't, there's not one day you can wake up. I'm just going to let my hair down. Just see what happens. Maybe I'll li- listen to that old music or maybe I'll watch that show. Right. You're like, no, I have to be on guard. Cause I know the devil's coming at me. Right. He like wants to, line. he wants to pull me back. And you've especially, which is funny, felt that especially this week before giving your testimony, cause we always bring up revelation 12, 11, or is it 11, 12? That he overcame him, Satan, by the blood mm-hmm. of the lamb and the word of word of their testimony. That and they didn't love their lives so much so to, much shrink, to from shrink from death. And you see that, you know, yeah. you get your family might hate you. People on the internet. Yeah. That's why I reached out to you and Mariah Sanders because people are all yeah. attacking you and how you guys are responding to them, standing firm, caring about them, but speaking the truth and love, saying homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you're telling them right. this because you love them. And then also, it, it just showed that. You know what? I'm willing to get persecuted for the sake of Christ. And that's where you also are willing to get accountability. It doesn't stop there. That's why I love like the friendship with you, me, and then Mariah Sanders, because like we hold each other accountable. We're willing to say the tough things to each other. And that's what we need. And we bring this verse up so many times, but second Timothy 2.22, flee from anything that stimulates masturbation, even anything, pornography, youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, Like, and it talks about all this and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord pure heart. So that's why I'm thankful for this time with you to be able to be discussing the times that we've had on FaceTime, not even being able to see you, but then in a month. So by the time this is out, we've yeah. been, we'll be able to meet each other or come to our church. And it just shows right. God's grace, how he can bring He's that so together good. to encourage us. Cause you've encouraged us so much Amen. in our church. Encouraged me so much. It's it's something I've been praying for, and even if it's over Facebook right now or YouTube, it's been such a blessing. I I find myself at night watching. I've gone back and watched y'all's sermons, and you're just so anointed, Pastor Craig. And like, I really thank you for your boldness because it is impossible to find that. And like, it's just so crazy. And y'all's both testimonies is so radical, and like, it's just so cool. And it's nice to know, you know. I'm not the Amen. only one who had this <laughs> janky past. Yeah. And like, yeah. but you know, John, uh, I typed it out because I can't remember anything from save my life, but John 15, 19 said, if you belong to the world, it will love you as it's mm-hmm. your own. Um, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you uh, out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And I'm like, thank God that, you know, I'm just thinking of like Paul Amen. and the disciples and Jesus himself, like just the hate. And I'm like, you know, if we're doing it in love and we're praying and we're discerning what we're doing, because I'm always willing to be wrong. I'm 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 a human. Right. Like I'm willing to sit here and be like, I'm wrong. Yeah. I messed up. But my intentions and y'all's intentions, I know it. And and the heart is pure in it. And it and it is grieving souls. It's just like I want to see you in heaven, Mariah. Like I love. I never really uh, met anyone until I met Mariah, who's like, even if we never meet each other, we're gonna party in heaven for eternity. <laughs> and I had never thought about it like that. And now yeah. I'm just like. Even if I never, like, it's planting the seed. And, and honestly, Mariah, your perspective, like, changed, really changed my life in that way, too, of just, like, I was, like, I want to see that. I want to see the fruit here. And I want to see the rewards here. And it's okay. Like, if you feel led to speak to this person on the side of the street and they never see you again, praise God you might see them in heaven because of mm-hmm. a seed you planted. And not because of you, but because of him using you as a vessel but like how how cool is it that he chooses like sinners Amen. and chooses people that were the lowest of low, you know, and then he uses us as vessels to give him glory and everything that he does. And it's such a if if I never get anything else in my life, like just 
like, you know, just this alone is, um, and just his, his goodness and his mercy Amen. is enough. Amen. I just, well, we're the old, saying. The old, have her pray, but the old hippies, you say here, there, in the air. Amen. So there it is. So you say, we'll see you here, <laughs> yeah. there, or in the air. So in there the it air. is. We're in heaven. Amen. So, good. Amen. so, so I don't think we go in very long. Yeah, we went a little, but <laughs> it's okay. How we'll long make it, it in two, two hours? Is it two hours? Or, or yeah, I don't know. But we're going to, we love talking to you, and we'll be able to talk to you for right? when you are here. But I know we can really quickly, before you pray, and then we close it, um, yeah. we, I want to say the verse, our main theme verse, Galatians 6.14, as for me, right. This is your life. May you never boast about anything except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interests in the world have been crucified and the world's interests in me have died. So that's my encouragement to everyone out there for that verse. And then now what you you're, what you feel called to do is one day you, you're, you want to be a wife and a mom, Lord willing. And also you feel um, called to speak globally, to minister to the LGBTQ community and fighting against pornography which are also victims of, you know, and for the sex victims of sex trafficking. Right. And then also it just, uh, you're going to Lee University. You're going to graduate with, right, yeah. media um, and um, communications and digital media, right? So can you well, pray for us before we close? Pray, and pray for those in the community. Because we yeah, really want to that, you know, because people, like I said, people, some are going to get angry by this message, right? There's going to probably be some thumbs down. But there's going to be some like yourself, how you used to be, that are going to say, wow, Absolutely. that kind of rings true. I don't know if I'm ready to surrender yet, but it rings true. And so just really pray for, you know, really like you have the compassion, but just really pray that prayer yeah. you would have wanted to hear if you, when you were in the lifestyle mm-hmm. or when you were thinking, oh, there's no hope for me. So really pray that for your because I really pray that this 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 short message that we did today, <laughs> I pray that this message that it really would touch people. You know, I, we talk to you know we're ADD, so I relate to you. Yeah, so, it's but, all of us. But we just pray that it really grabs people. That people, you know, that, that for yeah, there are going to be some haters, but pray there's going to be Absolutely. some people like you. I always say, I always say this, and I know it sounds selfish, but I say, Lord, bring some Craig Roters to this church, meaning. People yes. that were just sitting, people <laughs> prayed for me as a bet. Remember, said this is the worst guy. There's no way. And you know, some people yeah. say, "Oh, you can't change homosexuals. Oh, that's the hardest sin to change." Let's yeah. believe God that there's going to be people. Pray for some MBs because yeah. MB wants to come to Arizona maybe one day and live here. Amen. Yes. So pray for that. Right. Amazing. We'll have you pray. We'll do. All right, God, I just thank you so much for this time. I'm so giddy right now. I'm so filled with joy, God. I thank you so much for this platform that Pastor Craig. And Ryan and Calvary have just just opened up um, for, to allow people like me to just speak um, of just this like sinful, fleshly, worldly life that we still live, and just speak of God's redemptive love and His grace and His goodness and His mercy. God, I pray that you just touch everybody watching this or listening to this. God, I pray that um, you just come into their hearts and you seep in. God, like you just just get so deep into their heart that they have this revelation, Lord, that you are their creator and that you love them so much and that their sin and their secrecy and their struggle, God, it's it's not too much for you and that you want it, God. You want it all and you want them, God. And I pray just, I just pray so hard for those that are struggling with things that, that are conflicted, God. I pray that you, um, that still small voice just speaks to them, God, and just leads them and uh, to community and to church and to someone who can really just minister. And God, I don't even pray for gate is straight, God. I just pray for lost to found, Amen. God. And I know you'll take care of the rest. Um, God, just I pray that 
those watching this that are offended, Lord, I pray that they know that this is all out of love, mm-hmm. God, and that that this testimony is purely your grace and your goodness and all by you, Lord. It's not of us. And God, I also just pray for um, Pastor Craig and and Ryan, his family, and in in, in their church, Lord, as they probably will get backlash um, from this, God. And I pray that you continue to strengthen them and keep them bold and keep them humble, God. But I pray um, just life over them and that they know that uh, I'm just so blessed that I just have a platform to share your glory and your goodness and your truth, God. And um, God, just I pray that um, this just impacts one person. It's so worth it. And um, God, I just pray that you bring those uh, Mariah Roders, Craig Roders, MVs to that church, mm-hmm. God. And I pray yes, that sir. you just um, bring them for them to disciple. Um, they're just so anointed and they're just so obedient to you. And I'm just so thankful for for them and for the church and for allowing me to just share this short conversation <laughs> with them. And I thank you for everything you've done in all of our lives and what you're about to do and what you're going to do um, just for the rest of everybody's life and you're just good and we praise you and all glory to you in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I also just want to pray right now too. I know MB would say this with me, Lord, that we just stand on your word on Isaiah 61, three, I believe where it says you came to set you. Jesus came was prophesying about you Mm -hmm. to set the captives free. Let people hear this testimony and realize you're no respecter of persons. You don't love MB more than anyone Mm -hmm. else. You don't love Craig Rogers more than anyone else. And if you can set us free, You can set anyone else free who wants to be Mm -hmm. free, who's saying, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm done. I I surrender. I Mm -hmm. let go and let God be the Lord of my life. Bless them, Lord. Set captives free Mm -hmm. from this podcast in Jesus' name. You are the the one who sets the captives free. Mm -hmm. We bless you. Minister to hearts. Touch them, precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most powerful name, amen. 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 Bless you. Envy, thank you love so you. much for joining us today. Thank you all. Your daughter so in the Lord much. to me. Even though I don't know you yet, I. You're my love sister. You. I love you. you. I love y'all. Thank you so much for joining our part two conversation with Mariah Barton. If you haven't already, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share this video. If you would like to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, just type in Calvary Conversations. Also, please follow us on Instagram at Calvary Conversations. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.